You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday, y'all. We got a jam-packed show. We're going to get right into it. We got guests Curtis Calhoun, Jalen Scott. And my first one doesn't need no introduction. This is Converge Family. Bookie Gates, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? I'm Good doing to be here. great, man. It's great to have you. You said you're now sitting on the couch. You're usually sitting I finally stools. got the invite to sit on the couch, man. I, mean, I used to sit on stools <laughs> right, uh, well, when you, I first started. You deserve to feel comfortable. This documentary is amazing this short yeah. movie is amazing what was the experience doing baseball without borders you know th- this borders. experience i think is like no other right uh, it's something that we never envisioned uh, we just had a plan to just go down and just experience the south uh that what we call really the the, the heart of the south um and that you know, gave our student athletes the ability to experience something very different, right, than what they're accustomed to here in Seattle. And so, and to bring baseball as a vehicle and to use baseball simply as a vehicle, I think really helped them understand. And that brought back to the roots of the culture that we once experienced with baseball in black communities. As a child, did you ever experience that? I didn't. I mean, I had to live vicariously through my great grandmother and grandmother who were from the South, who actually brought that experience up here and the passion for the love of baseball. And so that's what got me into the game. Right. They played it as young kids. They challenged the the status quo as females wanting to participate in the game of baseball with men. And so it's like, hey, you can do this. And so to see it all come full circle to my grandmother, who used to work at the Kingdom, uh, was an usher, used to bring me to games every single day. Now we're hosting an event at T-Mobile Park with the Mariners. That's amazing. What's your grandma's name? Ida Middlebrooks. Okay, Ida Middlebrooks. That's great, man. Coming full circle. Reminds me, what's that movie called? A League of Their Own? Yes. And I remember there was a part where a black woman threw the ball back at, um, threw the ball back to the field. Yep. So I just think about that. So yes, absolutely. We're going to go to a clip. I think people should get a preview and see what this looks like. As they should. So let's check this out. A team really just means like all the people just working together to do stuff and i really like being on the team because i can't beat nobody with just only me i need help you're in the heart of the south we're here at the john and vera may perkins foundation um, we're here running a baseball camp working with uh, youth from West Jackson community, just trying to inspire them. The history of baseball in the black community started with the Negro Leagues. And with that, it created opportunities for community to come together. It was a piece of the culture. So baseball is an opportunity that really gives, it socializes, it really allows ourselves to create a social norm um, in our communities that we once had that preserves a cultural legacy. I think a lot of the kids that we worked with while we were here had never really played baseball before, um, especially some of the younger ones. Uh, you're kind of just introducing the game to them. You, you, you kind of see it through their eyes for the first time and you know they, 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 they hit in a batting cage and they take a couple swings and they make contact and then it's, a, it's an honor to be there for that. You know, our work continues 
to change the landscape of baseball and softball, um, particularly the systemic structure that's in place. We have to continue to find ways to uplift communities to really see baseball and softball as a viable option. Um, one, because it's the only sport we've ever owned, but two, it's also our ability to preserve the cultural legacy because we know play can heal. Athletic opportunities affirm the dignity of the people. And quicker than we know that we as good as others and that they can be like you and I can be like them and we can be like each other. That's a good time. Let's play together. Come play for us and we'll, I mean, it's easy to bond with us, it's easy to bond with me. So I mean, it's like, kind of like a second family. You are able to bring kids um, to a different community like Jackson and, and then take them to Montgomery. Um, you're starting to expose them to voices that, that haven't been heard. We're seeing a lot of, um, of the struggle of the civil rights movement and, and we saw it in Jackson, we'll see it in the museums in, in Montgomery. I just wanted them today to realize you have an obligation. You've been told, you've been challenged. What you do with it is up to you, but you can't say no one ever asked you to get out there and try. kids, I'm just telling you, it's real exciting here, but it's also a big eye-opener for our young kings from Seattle to really see something different. I'm just, I'm just hopeful that our young people will take something away from this, you know, even more than baseball. Just from the two days that we experienced here in Jackson, you know, what I saw is I saw inspiration. I, I saw hope. Um, I saw uh, an ability to be something. Come out and play with me is a beautiful thing. Let's play together. Let's play together. I love that. I, I can't wait to see the movie. Now, when does this come out? This comes out September 27th, Tuesday at T-Mobile Park, the premiere, three o'clock, three o'clock. See, I just, I, I think it's more so of just watching the history as, as we're going through that and also watching the children. I think one of them said, we're creating a brotherhood throughout yeah. this space. Yeah. Have you watched that continue even after filming? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it continues. I think there's still connections that our kings have experienced with those down in Jackson, Mississippi. Again, when you come to this premiere, you're going to actually see the raw emotion of what our young kings experienced when it came to the connection with others that were down in Jackson, Mississippi, at least the young student athletes that participated in the camp. Um, you know, it, it's something about even when we were there, right, the camp was one experience. When we went to lunch, when we went to go tour Jackson State University, those same student athletes that were from West Jackson wanted to hang out with our kings, right? There was this sense of connection, a sense of belonging that they all felt like this is a brotherhood and I want to be there and a sisterhood, right? Um, and so I think at this point, we want to continue to elevate the promise that we have. And, and I can't say enough to MGS investors, to Amazon, to Ezel's famous chicken, to uh, Molly Moon's handmade ice cream, and Dan and Annie Wilson. Uh, you know, I think we don't give enough credit to Dan and Annie Wilson yes, for absolutely. what they put in to this, this experience, right? I mean, Dan, not only did he provide resources, Dan jumped in that van and he would drive us around and he would do the things that he humbled himself 
um, and showed himself as a servant to be able to provide this opportunity for our young kings. And I can't say enough to Converge uh, Media for being there every step of the way. Um, shout out to Converge Media. This is going to be a amazing film uh, this upcoming Tuesday. Absolutely. Can you do me one more favor? Just look in the camera and just tell everybody about September 27th. So we look forward to seeing everybody September 27th at T-Mobile Park, three o'clock. Uh, it's the premiere of the Reconciliation Tour film. We're talking about baseball, civil rights and reconciliation. So we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, Buki, my brother. Thank you very much for coming on to Converge today. You know your family and see you next week. Thank you so much. Up next, my girl, Jalen Scott, you are watching A Day With Trey and we're back. Welcome to A Day With Trey. And I'm here with my guest. The lovely, lovely Jalen Scott. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Jalen, you wear so many hats in your community activism work. Wigs, and yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm good. No, no. <laughs> Even with wigs, you yeah. know, the work that you do with Lavender Rights Project, the work that you do for all community members advocating for the diaspora of Black folks, I appreciate you. Yeah. I have to give you those flowers first before Thank I start. Thank you. Thank you. But can you tell us a little bit more of what you do at Lavender Rights Project and the history? Yeah, I tell you a little bit. Um, so we started as a legal services organization um, back in 2016. At the time, it was mostly white organization and mostly serving LGBTQ people. They were concerned that a lot of attorneys weren't having trans competency needs, queer competency needs in mind when they were serving clients. And so they started to sort of combat that and did a lot of education in the community, especially with attorneys. And so they got to the point where that alone was not necessary because there's so many competent legal services, especially in Seattle, for queer and trans people. Um, and also they weren't serving who they wanted to be serving. So this was in 2019. Um, I actually was a client of uh, Lavender Rights Project. They saw my work in the course of um, my case. And um, they asked me to come in because they liked what I did. I go into organizations, um, do equity work, and try to get them on mission. And so we wanted to make sure that we were serving the folks that needed to be served in our community. And that was black trans folk, right? All of us were tired of posting and like the, the death here and the death there and uh, not knowing exactly what to do about it. And so we said, well, we have this tool, which is this nonprofit organization. We got the law behind us. We can expand and do some social services. So that's what we did. Yeah. And so over the course of uh, a couple of years, we're now a black trans led organization and mostly black, mostly trans serving black community uh, uh, solely and, and or centered on serving black community. And so we have three areas. We do um, gender-based violence pre prevention, has a criminal law um, a practice, as well as some advocacy work, um, housing uh, justice. And we have a housing project coming online in November. We're hoping to serve black trans folk in that housing project. Can we talk about the impacts of housing yeah. and how it affects um, Black trans community members and, and, and queer community members in general. Yeah, so uh, we're looking at like the, I think so far, um, at least at the last week of August, the 28th death in the country of attacks, hate crime against black trans uh, people, mostly black trans women. And so we at the org are trying to figure out like, how do we actually prevent violence? And of course, you know, all of us know in community that housing first is the right model for us, right? We got to get folks in a place of safety and we got to get folks 
folks housed. We are disproportionately unhoused. We're disproportionately victims of violence in our community. And so uh, that's the prioritization. And so we, it's not what we traditionally have done, I think, as an org, but if we are going to attack this, then we have to be willing to be the ones to actually provide the services and provide the housing for our community first. And then we can start talking about some deep shit. But first, we need to be taking care of our community. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and I and I and I think that one of the things about that I love what's happening with community is that we are coming to the realization of tw what happened during 2020. Um, I can't remember the word that you were saying earlier about um, how the compassion. Yeah, compassion fatigue. Yeah. Compassion fatigue. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience is? I mean, how that is and, and why, why, why do you see that happening with a lot of community members? Yeah, I think one of the problems with playing, um, you know, telling our trauma stories to uh, folks that don't look like us and are not part of our community is it will get us and garner a little bit of sympathy, right? And then we'll get some money and we'll get some funds, but it's just not stable and it's inconsistent. Like those people who are really concerned about the work that we were doing um, in September of 2020 and they decided to invest in us, they're gone. They're, they're giving money to Ukraine right now, you know? And so where is the sustainable funding? Where are the endowments for black organizations to continue the work that everyone was so passionate about in the summer of 2020? And so what, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's I, of course I didn't coin the term, but it's compassion fatigue. They're tired of it, they get exhausted, with the trauma, it gives them a little bit of hype, maybe some endorphins for a second, but then they're done with it. Right. And that's not the kind of sustaining support we need. So I, I think for us, we need to invest more in black philanthropy. We need to invest more in relationship and network building in community. We need to do some work in black community around trans, transgender protection and safety. And then in those relationships, I think that's what's sustainable because really in the end, that's who we can rely on to be there for us. You are amazing. I Thank <laughs> you. So, so sometimes. No, no, I, no. I think it's it's definitely all the time. So you know, the work that what I love so much about the everyone that I've known that works at Lavender Rights, right? Yeah. Not only are you doing the community work, you also have these amazing talents. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Whether it be poetry or singing, etc. What 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 are your hobbies? Yeah, so I, mine I, personally, yeah, yeah, I don't have it. So that's why I got so many people around me that do. Look, it's a good model because yeah. we, uh, and, and stop me if we run out of time, no, but no, we um, wanted to do cultural organizing, right? And so we wanted to make sure that we weren't just talking about trauma and death. And the best way we could do, and stay connected with communities. So we brought in the Black Trans Task Force, which are these community members that are artists and dancers and poets, Evil Barton doing poetry, Randy Ford, a lot of people in the community know and they've been doing the work but it looks like art right it looks like beauty it looks like the ballroom community it looks right. like all the good things about our community and it's doing the work in that and so we wanted to bring them in and have a different model for organizing for our organization and it is beautiful randy ford does this video called uh, had this video called can i just get my bag exactly it yes it's such it's a it. call to action for community and yes, i, it is. I it's, it's on that playlist when my friends come over like check this out and but, it's real queer and it's real trans and it's real pretty and femme and beautiful absolutely, yes, absolutely. yeah it is yeah it so is. so what's the next event that we have coming up for um for, for Lavender Rights Project? Yes, yeah, so um, October 16th, we will be having a uh, Black Trans Joy party. It's at 6 p.m. It's at the Roller Rink in um, so uh, South... South 
What's Seattle? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Southgate. There it she is. She from Jackson, y'all. Rink. She gonna learn. I'm from Jackson, she, Mississippi. Yeah. So I'm learning. I'm learning. But it's at Southgate Roller Rink. Um, we're doing it in collaboration with the Transgender Cultural District in San Francisco. They're a partner organization for us. And we're doing the Black Census Project. So we want to make sure that Black, queer, and trans people and all black folks are invited to this party, but we want to make sure black, queer, and trans people are counted in the Black Census Project. Yeah. And how hard, I have to ask you, you this, how hard is it for people to, for people that aren't trans, right? For our community members, right? That are part of this diaspora of black. Um, what, what do we, what's the ask for them? Because I think it's like, hey, you know, we we need we we need to all be on the same page, right? Yeah. We don't want to be around so many people that have that compassion fatigue when we know yeah. each other, right? Yeah. So I think the ask, I think we got to have conversation and network and learn about the issues, right? And um, you know, it's really hard to um, have these conversations with white community because they immediately want to go to, well, we need some carceral solutions, right? We need more prosecution of black folk, and that is not the solution that we need. That's just going to make our community worse and make the trans community worse off. So what we need to do is be making networks and, and, and connections with Black organizations, Black community organizers, Black community, getting to know who we are and changing the discourse around the protection of Black trans people. We, can, we need to get to the point where we say it's no longer okay for anyone to harm, hurt, murder a Black trans woman just like it's not okay to do it to a Black cisgender man. And that's where we need to be in community. So right now, it's not a hard ask. It's be in conversation with us reach yeah. out and talk to us we don't need your money right now we don't need any of that other stuff but we need to be talking about how we protect black trans women and how we change the discourse in our community and protect all of our community at the same time i just love you Jalen. i love you too you do some <laughs> I, awesome stuff I, thank you yeah. can you just look in the camera and just tell people about the black trans joy event yeah. and how they can be able to find you. Yeah, so you can find us. The best way is LavenderRiceProject.org. You can also follow us on Instagram at LavenderRiceProject. And please uh, come to our event. It's, uh, again, October 16th at 6 p.m. Southgate Roller Rink. We're going to have fun, free admission, free food, first drink, I think, is free. And um, it's, it's going to be fun. And come get to know us and, and tell us who you are. Thank you so much for coming, Jalen. Yeah, I absolutely. Appreciate you. I really enjoyed it. I'll be this. giving her a ride there since she doesn't know how to get mm-hmm. Okay, read me. Now, up next, <laughs> we have our brother, Curtis Calhoun. You are watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everybody. You know, today is just a great, good things come in threes. Because, um, <laughs> is that right? The next brother uh, I got here, I mean, Curtis, you already know your Converge family, but I just appreciate the work that you do over there at Africa Town, mm-hmm. always just supporting everybody. This week, like, we're talking about broke mindset last week. Right? Growth mindset. Growth mindset. Yep. Yep. So, what are we talking about this week? Well, let's recap what we did yeah, we already. That? Yeah. Right. So, we're halfway through now. So, there's 12 points to real life. We're on point number seven. Let's recap the first six. So the first one is a grow, a real lifer is 110% accountable for everything they think, feel, say, and do. A real lifer uh, gives 110% at everything they do. A real lifer makes their word bond and keep it impeccable. A real lifer pursues personal growth and development daily. And then a real lifer sets an intention for the day every day. And then finally, we're at a uh, real lifer is growth mindset oriented. I know that's right. So where are we at? So where are we at now? This so week? this week, I had to bring my little cheat sheet because okay. we halfway through a lot to hold in the mind. Right. And this was written in a way specifically, you know, created 
uh, with certain words to be used. So I don't want to leave anything out. So today we're at a real lifer is realistically positive and optimistic, but are, is always able to see all aspects of a situation. And this is important because you always uh, hear about those pie in the sky people or rose colored glasses people where everything is positive and rosy, but it's not. Yeah. Right. So we want to keep that mindset, but we also want to be able to understand. And it kind of goes into the seven point one, which is look for the positive in everything while being aware of the alternative possibilities. And alternative was used intentionally not to use the word negative, but just a different possibility yeah. as opposed to a positive one. Right. And I think, listen, that's speaking to my spirit right now. Always <laughs> telling me, yeah, I got Curtis on here today. You need to sit and actually take a listen. So I, I, I it's, it's, I think that as we're navigating through, through life, it's, it's, you, you, you have those hardships where you fall backwards and just trying to, trying to think positively when all mm -hmm. these things have happened. But sometimes we create it, right? Oh, we so all, you know what do. I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, so, so, OK. And then 7.2 is remain optimistic regardless of our current situation. Right. So whatever situation we find ourselves in, generally, our mind will go to a negative space or a negative way of thinking. You know, like when you're we're a kid and you say, oh, you got to go to the principal's office. What's the first thought in your mind? It was not that you wanted we're going to get a reward or an award, but that there was a punishment. You know, so we always kind of gravitate toward the negative, but we want to stay optimistic and not have things as positive or negative. Because once we label it as negative, we shut off certain parts of our thinking yeah. and different ways that we can come up with solutions. So we want to remain optimistic, always believing that there's something I can do about this situation. Right. I, I love that. I, I, I'm thinking I can't remember the song. You got to eliminate the, the, the negative to get yeah. to the positive. But you, uh -huh. you know the song. Yeah, yeah, we're from the same yeah. era, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. And then 7.3 is see circumstances as they are, but never resign yourself to the fact that they cannot be transformed for the better. So it's kind of following up on that 7.2, right? So whatever situation we find ourselves in, it may not be the best, but I'm going to stay optimistic and see what I can find. And whatever I find I still want to be looking and see if there's something better out there or a way that I can make it better. You know, I, I, I really, I really like that. <laughs> oh, oh, told me to watch it, to, to sit down in the show, but it honestly, it's, yeah. it, it's that affirming. Do you think that like in, in community that it's, it's like black and brown folks yeah. um, coming out, like how, how hard do you think that that affects us in the space of like making sure that we oh, we, we attain that? Right? It's, it's harder for us, right? Because yeah. we're daily dealing with microaggressions, you know, people subtly, you know, jabs and different things thrown our way that we have to still remain strong, keep that smile on our face, talk that talk, yeah. you know, to be able to maintain our position, let alone advance our position or elevate. Right. So it's uh, a lot more difficult for us, but we have to be very intentional to make sure that uh, based on what we say we want. And this is part of that realistic part. Right. It's not realistic. And is it possible? Because there was a lot of things that were done that weren't possible at the time they were thought of. But the part is being congruent with our thoughts, our beliefs, our feelings, our behaviors, and our actions. If those things aren't in harmony, then it's not realistic. I can't be saying I want this, but then my behavior shows, you know, it doesn't line up. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. You know, based on once I set the goal and have that North Star, then all those things are going to be in alignment and show anybody can be able to see that, yeah, that he's serious about this and this is what this person wants. So right. we have to be very intentional. Absolutely. I think that's 
great. What's the other takeaways that we have? That's it. That's, that's, it. that's, that's all we got. I wanted more. I said I was going to be sitting we here like, keep going. I'm, I'm glued. We can keep talking. So what do we have coming for us next week? Next week, we got um, part eight, which is a real life are always aware of who they are right now with ambitions to improve or change. You know, no, for that, the I think I'm, I'm going to be front row for that, Curtis. How, <laughs> can you look in the camera and let everyone know what you do and how we can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at CurtisCalhoun.com and on all social media platforms and LinkedIn as Curtis R. Calhoun. And if you want to reach out to me directly, you can reach out at Curtis Calhoun or Curtis at CurtisCalhoun.com for an email. Curtis, I appreciate you, brother. Oh, appreciate Thank you. Thank you so man. much for coming. Indeed. And, Thank and, you for having uh, Hey, I have to talk to O about this because now I feel like I need to call my therapist again. We're going to be right. Oh, we got I got one. you. I got you. Just use, hit the website, set up an appointment. Right. First session's free. <laughs> yep. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take one more break. No, oh, I'm done. I'm done already. All right. Well, um, we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow is Feel Good Friday. We got Andre here from Build 206, my brother, and Samara Rain. You are watching A Day with Trey. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.